0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast. I am Ben Popper, director of content here at Stack Overflow. Joined as I often am by my colleague and collaborator Ryan Donovan. Hey, Ryan.
1: Hey, Ben. How are you doing today?
0: Good. We are going to talk about some much loved, much hated, much needed technologies today: the technical interview, the remote developer job, and the use of AI and ML to disrupt, uh, you know, a legacy industry and try to figure out some new solutions. So. I'm excited for it. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest, Prakash Gupta, to the show. Hey, Prakash, how are you doing?
2: Hey, Ben. Uh, hey, Ryan. Uh, good to be uh, good to be talking to both of you. Yeah, we're glad you're here.
0: So the first thing we always ask guests is date yourself a little. Tell me the first time you ever yeah, wrote a line of code or played around with a computer. What was the thing that sort of lit the spark and,
2: and brought you into this industry? I'm going to totally give my age as I answer this question but was back in 1986 i was growing up in mumbai india and our middle school received one computer from the from the government of india from the prime minister's office and all of us lined up to see that computer from from like closed doors, so like through a through a glass uh, window, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the first time, and I I, I fell in love. Eighty six, uh, I I still remember. Wow!
0: Did you have to stay late, or how did you how would you get time on that with
2: everybody um, competing to use the one unit? No, no so the reality was, nineteen eighty six is when I first time saw the computer. There was only one computer given to the entire school, uh, kept in the principal's office, and uh, and I actually did not get to work on, on a computer for another five, uh, I want to say four or five years uh, until I went to undergrad school. So uh, yeah, 92, 93 in undergrad is when we had a full-fledged computer lab and we started writing programs on BASIC and Fortran. I
0: know you mentioned to us earlier, you had some uh, work experience during the dot-com buildup and... And boom, what was that like?
2: My undergrad was electronics and telecommunication, uh, uh, which means computers were part of it. But my undergrad study was how do you utilize computers in the area of electronics and telecommunication, specifically telecommunication. Back in the 90s, I I got my first break with a company called Rational Software. Rational was uh, the DevOps company of the 90s. Uh, They were eventually acquired by IBM. Uh, and that is where I learned everything about software programming, software development, uh, all the cool methodologies, uh, uh, real-time software development, and, and wrote the dot-com wave, uh, uh, so-called dot-com wave, 98 to 2000.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's that's when I got into uh, the professional world, too, the 98 to 2000. So old guys unite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I see here, rational. Yeah, it seems like has interesting, particularly... Trying to bring tools that expanded the use of modern software engineering practices like modular architecture and iterative development—things which now feel like they're in the water—they're part of the firm now, but maybe then we're, we're a little more cutting edge. Mm-hmm.
2: That is—that is correct. Rational uh, started really as a as a company that helped uh, the Department of Defense mm-hmm. as as they leveraged software uh, technology uh, back in the eighties. I mean, I, I want to say including the Cold War era in some ways. So uh, as we all know, yeah, internet was invented uh, in, in DARPA labs, right? Uh, defense labs, uh, or defense purposes. so that's where they, they originally started. And uh, uh, they, they could see that, you know, software will become complex. Uh, and just like any other professional trade, uh, uh, you know, their, their mission was to to build, give give the software engineering developers around the world uh, like a workbench like a like a tool set to to help them navigate mm. so yeah but, you know in some ways rational designed the the precursor to agile and scrum methodologies uh, back in the 90s yeah
0: very cool and so yeah we can skip ahead a little but if you want sort of what what for, uh, in your career took you from that point building tools for developers um, to what you do now? Tell us a little bit of what you do um, and how you landed at, at Turing.
2: Fast forward, uh, uh, you know, uh, post the dot com uh, bubble, I, I got the opportunity to work in the IT services industry, uh, broadly consulting, system integration. Uh, uh, for about nineteen years, I worked with uh, some of the best uh, uh, IT services companies you know, from from India. Uh, uh, and a few global names such as capjebody essentially i was you know right in the middle of uh, you know on one side working with fortune 500 companies that wanted to you know go through complex systems development all the way to digital transformation that we that we saw in the past 5 years and on the other side of that equation was how do we create a whole generation of software engineers because the demand was surging so Got got involved early on in, in uh, you know how do you hire talent, undergrad talent from colleges all over the world, create training academies, you know boot camps, and 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 how do you deploy then those engineering talents on, on global projects? So that was uh, from 2000 to 2019. Uh, you know as part of that, got the opportunity to live and work in U.S., uh, in U.K., traveled uh, you know across the world, meeting customers and engineers so really that's that's my story and and uh, yeah and, and fast forward to turing now mm-hmm. so you would tell us a, a little bit uh, about turing sure thing turing was uh, formally incorporated in uh, 2018 both our co-founders their uh, ex stanford ai ml uh, grads uh, this is their second startup when they were building their first startup they they had an excellent market they had an excellent product and, and where they competed was they competed with, with the big tech giants, uh, Google, Facebook, when it comes to hiring talent. And uh, they, they built this, this engineering team that was remote distributed around the world as they launched their first product. And, and after a successful exit, when they were thinking about you know, what next, uh, that's when they decided to you know, start Turing. Turing is about uh, talent is universal. Uh, opportunity is not so uh, democratizing access to you know best engineering jobs sun valley jobs uh, to a wide pool of engineers around the world yeah so turing is now uh you know uh, four years old and uh, we have on one side of the platform uh, 1.7 million engineers uh, who are who are signed up on the turing platform from 140 different countries and on the other side we have uh, hundreds of customers uh, both fast scaling uh, startups as well as large enterprises uh, who are looking for talent. So this is what we have done in the last four years.
1: Mm. It's uh, really interesting to see the, the IT world kind of uh, go really global. You know, a few years ago, I worked for a company that was over in Europe, in a small US offshoot, and and then you know everybody having you know Israeli teams and you know Belarusian teams and that. How are you? You know, that's a, a a lot of different uh, people and cultures how are you kind of vetting people across those cultures and, and making it truly democratic
2: yeah so you know in industry that we are that turing operates uh, there, there are really two things that that uh, we need to solve for number one is how do you manage the global demand and supply and how do you overlap that and efficiently match and an even bigger challenge is how do you vet at scale you know the talent pool that is available there if you if you think of any other profession uh, be it uh, doctors or lawyers uh, each of them have a standardized vetting uh, in some ways you know doctor needs to be board certified every couple of years software engineering is the only advanced discipline where there is no standardized vetting and uh, unfortunately uh, human biases come into play uh, so the way turing is 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 approaching this is uh, uh, you know number one we are not agnostic to location in terms of where the engineers reside you know our engineering team our data science team has created this automated uh, vetting flow it takes about 4 to 6 hours for the engineer to go through this flow and as part of that uh, we go beyond the traditional resume We collect hundreds of signals about uh, what the engineer has accomplished in the past, what type of projects they have uh, worked on. If it's a front-end engineer, what type of uh, uh, projects that they have been part of, complexity level. And and all of this is very transparently without any human bias. Uh, And what we do is uh, we, we make this available for our customers. That's where the matching and the AI, ML, data science come into picture. Every customer project is unique. And every engineer has had unique experiences in the past. And uh, uh, our vetting aims to remove the human bias and make this matching as uh, data-driven as possible. So that's that's our attempt. Our attempt is to for every engineer to uh, go through the vetting once and then be matched to multiple job opportunities uh, going forward. You know, quite similar to how other advanced professions, uh, I said, physicians, doctors, and lawyers uh, go through. Uh, and maybe we'll do some recertification, revetting every couple of years.
0: Uh, right. That was the uh, magic marketing tagline that that I remembered uh, was, you know, test with us once, apply for 10 jobs. So, you know, Ryan and I have discussed on more than one occasion sort of people's dread of the technical interview, you know, not because they necessarily feel they're not qualified, but just getting on a whiteboard in front of five people you'd never met and being asked to do a reverse Bubble sort, you know, something that you're supposed to remember from college or whatever. It's like going. It's like taking a test to get into university. And you know, every time you have to get a job, which isn't necessarily a pleasant experience. You mentioned your test has a bunch of different factors, but I guess it has the technical interview component to a degree. And then what else does it have? Language comprehension. It has, as you pointed out, some resume stuff about what they built and what you can find different signals on it a GitHub or a Stack Overflow reputation or something like
2: that? Yeah, and we we also touch upon what we call soft skills. Uh, All all the engineers on our platform, uh, they basically uh, have the freedom to work remotely uh, as long as they can give some overlap, four to five hour overlap to customer time zones and other team members for collaboration purposes. So soft skills uh, become very important. Uh, We focus on uh, things like uh, is this engineer needing the uh, uh, help in terms of day-to-day work allocation? Is this someone who can work at a task scope level, or is this someone who can work at a feature scope level and be a lot more independent? We focus on, uh, you know, communication and communication uh, uh, in in conjunction with you know project communication. So, communication with with QA teams and with product teams. So we we test for all of those. Uh, uh, and we have broken down these tests into multiple, you know, thirty-minute blocks, so it can be taken at a uh, at their own pace.
0: Mm. You can do it in bite-sized bits. You can like take a test, pause, and then take it again. Gotcha. That's nice.
2: Yeah, I'm
1: glad to see that you know more people focusing on the soft skills. Get a lot of uh, pitches and, and chatter about it here, but I'm
2: wondering um,
1: how you're able to make it uh, measurable. So.
2: As we build the platform and as we build this vetting, we, we took thousands and thousands of you know manual uh, interviewing cycles. We we looked at the data and and uh, you know we got the feedback loop. Uh, uh, over the last twenty four odd months, we have matched uh, uh, hundreds of engineers on jobs. We have on job performance from customers. So all of that feedback is also going back in, a in system,
0: mm, you have a post perform, like you, you place them and then you get a, a rating and review. And so if you had to place them again, you would have that to work on. Absolutely.
2: We have customer feedback uh, every mm-hmm. month. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, right. we, we have two sided feedback. So we even encourage our engineers, developers to also give feedback in terms of what do you think is the project environment, communication environment, feedback that they want to give back to, to, to their managers. So.
0: Intuitively, this this makes sense. I don't I don't make any decisions anymore without a AI ML assisted plus human review. I'm not going to eat at a restaurant. I'm not going to mm-hmm. stay at an Airbnb. I'm not going to shop for something on Amazon unless I see that it has four stars and a thousand reviews or whatever. Right. So I guess that makes sense too. You know, I wouldn't hire a developer out of if I had a choice of a hundred unless I you know there was some tangible proof. I guess for developers listening who might feel nervous about this now, you know, tell us a little bit how it serves the side of the hire of the corporation and how the AI, ML, you know, makes this fair and equitable for developers, how we ensure that they're being selected for good jobs and getting good pay and that, you know, the choices that are being made with their careers, you know, uh, make sense for them.
2: Well, absolutely. One thing I wanted to start off by saying is, uh, you know, the the client environment, and we are talking about large corporations here. We are talking about Disney and Johnson & Johnson and PepsiCo uh, that are hiding from us. uh, I think two things have fundamentally changed for the customer customers uh, are increasingly leveraging cloud so most all of the development is happening on the cloud and there is very high adoption of uh, saas uh, uh, in any corporate environment so going forward what customers want these large companies want is they 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 are they are not looking for large transformational multi year projects they are not looking for teams of 100, 200. They are looking for you know, A players. They want to assemble this team very quickly uh, in, into scrum teams or pods uh, uh, and, and teams that can start delivering from you know, day two, day three, minimum viable product. So uh, from a customer standpoint, they, they want a business to consumer experience as they are going through this process. This industry traditionally is, is classic B2B uh, buying cycle. Uh, hiring managers priorities are changing most of our customers prior to using turing would would do 10 interviews uh, and and get one select once once they start working with turing uh, we are able to fine tune this to maybe two interviews uh, worst case three interviews and one select a lot of our customers have uh, uh, have have eliminated uh, you know interviews altogether they completely depend on the turing vetting betting flow i think of the direction that we are going through and and i want to say this to to the software engineering talent all over the world think of this in some ways uh, as shopify for software engineering talent uh, uh, you know hmm. it's like the creator economy meeting the software engineering uh, talent all over the world this this all
1: sounds sounds uh, lovely sounds very interesting but uh, how how does it work in practice do you do you have like um a company that's kind of scaled up quickly and found success
2: through the platform? Well, absolutely I can uh, speak for several examples. Disney for example uh, has been an early customer and adopter of uh, the platform. Uh, we have multiple teams uh, that are uh, working across Disney, you know, the ESPN franchise, their OTT business which includes uh, Hotstar in India and many other groups now. So, you know, the tooling Team is is now very well aware of how Disney looks at software engineering talent, what their standards are, what their vetting uh, entails, and we have incorporated all of that in, in our standard vetting process. Uh, That's
1: interesting too. The 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 other feedback loop that now you know them better and you can serve them better. Do you bring them? You were sort
0: of mentioning like, do you ever bring them a cohort of people? In my you know experience working with folks from software and technology and then also here, you know it would be like, well we know a great development shop in Ukraine or Pakistan. If you need to get a project done, you go to this shop and they probably have five, 10, 20, 30 people and they'll bring new people but they're sort of a coherent unit of people to attack a project. You describe this as big companies want to do project-based work. Do you assign? Like cohorts of people, or do you just bring together the best and hope that they gel? So we have
2: both the offerings. We have uh, uh, what we call Turing teams, where where customers mm. quickly can assemble uh, a team uh, with with Turing, which is similar to Ben what you're saying cohort in some cases. Uh, yeah, uh, and we have the individual contributor model as well. So uh, every project, uh, every customer project is unique. In some cases, they are trying to fill the skill gap. In other cases, they want to assemble the whole team. Uh, uh, So, so we do we do both. We do both. Nice.
0: Do you have like uh, areas that you specialize in, or are you agnostic to that whole big stack? Like, do you you know welcome people to apply across your developer base for any language and any application, or is there like a a certain subset of developer skills and
2: languages that you focus on? So we we do support. Hundred plus technologies. Uh, so our vetting engine uh, uh, covers a wide range of tech stacks that we test against: uh, front end, back end, uh, uh, you know, full stack, uh, data science engineers, AI, ML, DevOps. Uh, we have recently also started uh, embedded system software uh, related vetting. So we welcome, we welcome you know, engineers, developers uh, across a wide array of tech stack to come. Uh, and, and get uh, uh, get their testing on Turing platform. The thing that we have started uh, in 2022 is specifically creating pools of talent around uh, uh, all the hyperscalers. Uh, so uh, all the cloud uh, uh, hyperscalers. Um, we are also in early stages to build expertise around some of the SaaS platforms, Salesforce, uh, force.com. So we started with open source technologies, and now we are you know doing the combination of open source and uh, and some saas uh, and the cloud hyperscalers uh, you know one thing to notice we have a very long tail of uh, of tech stacks uh, that that uh, we support uh, so uh, you know sometimes our engineers uh, customers would would come and uh, and ask for a very niche skill uh, uh, and and we are able to. Uh, we are we are also pleasantly surprised, and we are able to support them. So, I would encourage you know engineers across a wide range of tech stack to to come to the platform uh, and apply. Right,
0: Prakash. You know, it's interesting to think about uh, being able to access developer talent around the world. This is not a new idea, but as you said, you're kind of trying to reinvigorate the IT services industry. But what's interesting over the last two years is that so much of software development and the jobs there and the demands made by developers is for fully remote so how is the shift of not just people you want to hire you know globally but people you hire even in the same city now being remote impacted turing What what is a fully remote or
2: sort of you know almost fully hybrid world look like for your business yeah absolutely so turing was built to operate in a remote distributed environment from day one Mm -hmm. so uh, when we when we went out in the market back in 2018 19 uh, we spoke about remote distributed talent this was pre covid this was pre covid and and since then you know the world has changed around us uh, uh, the traditional it services model system integration model was was built 20 years ago uh, 20 plus years ago where you know these companies would would hire thousands of undergrads around the world have them go through a 6 month boot camp uh, in their in-house academy uh, and and then have them come to large campuses uh, deploy them on large transformation projects i think that model worked very well for its time things things have changed since then you know the engineer of today and tomorrow is self trained mm. they are not looking to go to you know uh, these large campuses uh, they want the freedom to work remote distributed also the customer environment has changed as we mentioned more and more development is on the cloud so it can be accessed remotely Uh, your development servers are not physically sitting in our in a a campus uh, physical location SaaS has penetrated so uh, so so for us, uh, it is a boom uh, in terms of demand and also the interest from the global development community. You know, the engineers of today and tomorrow, they don't want to be part of large corporate hierarchical structures. They would rather want to be part of a flat organization where they're they are part of a community of like-minded individuals. And, and we, we, we encourage supporting each other. We provide them access to world-class training programs. Uh, we help them with career planning, coaching. Uh, how how can a full stack engineer become a uh, you know become a AI ML engineer, data science if he or she is interested? So 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 it has it has been it has been great. Uh, uh, hope I answered your question Ben.
0: No, you did. I mean, one of the things you said that really strikes home. We saw it in our recent developer survey, and Ryan and I have heard it in other conversations. Is skills, not schools, and you know, learning for yourself online. Um, through the wide variety of resources that are now available, empowers you to go out and get you know a, a well compensated job in the world of technology today. And positions that increasingly say we hire remote means that's available to you know a much wider group of people. All right, everybody, it is that time of the show. I'm going to shout out the winner of a lifeboat badge. Somebody who came on Stack Overflow and helped rescue a question from the dustbin of obscurity. A developer anywhere in the world, contributing some of their skills and earning some reputation for it. Thank you to Martin R. Swift map function with an if condition. All right. If you're curious to know more, we've got it for you in the show notes. I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us with questions or suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps.
1: Uh, My name is Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find me on Twitter at rthordonovan. And if you want to write a blog post with us, um, please email me at pitches at stackoverflow.com.
2: This is uh, Prakash Gupta, Chief Revenue Officer at Turing. Uh, I'm uh, very active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Sign up on turing.com to become a Turing engineer. Excellent.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you soon.